Welcome to our 2021 recap and 2022 preview podcast from TV Podcast Industries. Welcome back, fellow industrialists. Uh, we are going through everything that we've covered in 2021 and talking about what's coming up in 2022 on TV podcast industries. Uh, this is our fourth annual version of this, as far as I remember. This is the fourth time we've done our kind of recap and uh, and look forward for the rest of the year. So uh, I'm glad, glad you're joining us for this. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow industrialists. And of course, a special mention to our fellow wheelies, as we will be covering the Wheel of Time uh, uh-huh. Tavern quiz uh, in this and, and the winner of, of that pub quiz mm-hmm. um, as well. Uh, yes, welcome to the podcast. I'm one of your hosts, John. How do you do, fellow kids? I am Chris. <laughs> I'm trying to be cool and down with it as we go into 2022. Fellow kids? I thought you were going to go for fellow defenders, Chris, at least. Yes. Uh, no, but I'm hip, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm with it, in it, in it, bruv. Well... Uh, no, I'm really not. I can't even. I can't even come up with a cool London accent and get away with it. <laughs> I was wondering what country that came from. Um, ah, thanks. <laughs> but yes, welcome back. We will be talking about all of the shows that we covered this year in, in 2021, and uh, and the shows that we're going to be covering hopefully in 2022. Lots and lots of new TV coming up uh, this year that hopefully we're going to be able to squeeze in and cover off uh, this year. But this will be, let's say. Spoiler filled ish. We're not probably going to spoil yeah. any major, uh, major movements within, uh, shows that we've discussed, but we're going to talk about what we liked and didn't like, um, overall about the shows that we talked about, uh, so far. But, um, if you haven't watched some of the shows and don't, and want to remain spoiler free, you may want to, uh, skip through some of the sections that we're talking about, uh, some of the shows that we've discussed. But we do hope that you subscribe to our podcast on TV Podcast Industries. You can get that by going to tvpodcastindustries.com. There's loads of ways to subscribe on there. Uh, we'd also love if you joined us over in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash TV Podcast Industries. You can follow us on Twitter as well at TV Pod Industries. But we do want to hear your thoughts about any of the shows that we're covering. Uh, you can email us with any of those thoughts to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Let's get into talking about all the shows we covered in 2021. We did 101 podcasts last year um, throughout the full year. Just for comparison for some of our uh, our listeners, we did 81 podcasts in 2020 and 82 podcasts in 2019. So we've done another 20 podcasts on top of that. Wow. And boy, is my mouth sore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a couple of Disney Plus uh, TV shows, really, there, with that extra 20. Well, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, uh, probably exactly what it is. We, I've, I've kind of categorized everything that we've covered last year into... All those types of things we've covered, <laughs> um, which includes uh, the, all the Marvel live action shows Spot. that we covered last year, all the uh, animated shows Nothing. that we covered last year, all the movies that we've covered, and then any other live action shows geek. that we covered last year. Yes, uh, John in the background is calling me a geek and nerd um, for, for all of this, but it's the only way to talk about them, really, to categorize them all together and, <laughs> I know, and give everybody joking. a little bit of time. Um, well, we start off with the animated shows we covered last year. For the first time on TV podcast industries, we did cover some animated shows and which color code is that one well the they're uh that, that's color coded to show you who the winner <laughs> is of our polls john uh which are excellent our, our wonderful listeners Love can't it. see the, uh, the color coding so uh, that doesn't help them at all and what does the shade <laughs> what does the shading mean 
on this very complicated table. <laughs> the shading is the is the uh, the, the, the <laughs> it's the categorization of the shows. I just mentioned the brackets a second ago. If you were uh, if you were paying attention Excellent to my voice stuff. rather than the document, now anyway. I understand the table. <laughs> anyway, let's start start out with the animated shows. As I mentioned, we haven't covered any animated shows on TV podcast industries before last year. We've covered some animated movies. Um, we covered Into the Spider Verse. I think was uh, was one of the big animated movies that we covered in the past. But uh, last yes. year we covered three animated shows all in different universes which is really interesting um we had invincible which is robert kirkman's ultra violent um a show on amazon prime um prime video um first season of that show also already greenlit for two more seasons um we also covered marvel's what if um which was effectively we now know is part of the mcu but was done as an animated show and we covered the first season of star wars the bad batch which was a kind of sequel to the Star Wars Clone Wars cartoons. So um, so all various big fan bases and all, all various different um, shows in different universes. What did you guys like about those shows or what, why, why do you think we covered them? John, what did you think about the shows? Well, I, the, like I loved Invincible. I know I didn't do the podcast, mm-hmm. but I, I really enjoyed the, the, the series. I haven't read the comics either. So I was just, I really enjoyed just, getting into invincible mm-hmm. uh, and the story that was was done and you know ultra violence and um, certainly in animated form i think is always pretty good um but uh, you know for me i think i really enjoyed what if um that mm-hmm. was a surprise for me i just really wasn't expecting too much from it um, yeah. and now we see that it is well, potentially um, linked very closely with the the MCU, mm-hmm. with certainly with the Strange Supreme character and mm-hmm. um, from the from the series. So, really, really enjoyed that. I loved that episode. Yes, very dark, um, a little sort of hopeless, I guess. But I, I really enjoyed what they did with the Doctor Strange um, part. And for me, then Bad Batch. Just I, you know, I really love Star Wars. Mm. Um, I've loved their animated um, shows from Clone Wars, the original Clone Wars. Um, I guess the the more recent version. Yeah. Um, and you know, leading here with the Bad Batch as well. Just really, really enjoyed it. Um, and. Yeah. And it was just good to, you know, we've got a good number of people um, really engaged in all three of these animated shows, Absolutely. which was really good because it is kind of the first time we've done anything sizable on animation. Or, yeah, exactly. You know, so uh, really, uh, I, I really enjoyed all three. I mean, I enjoyed most of what we did here. If I was to pick one for me, I think it would be What If. Uh, right. I really liked how that that plays out um yeah and it was good having the little link in with podcastica as well um for one of the absolutely episodes. yeah jason kabasi from uh, from podcastica joining us for for one of the episodes that was kind of fun having a a fourth host for an episode that i didn't enjoy so uh that was good to <laughs> have a little extra balance uh, on that one how about yourself chris what would your what was your thought on the animated shows for this year it was good um i always had some worries about us c- covering animated shows just based on the, the the level of detail that you can get into um in sometimes a more younger skewing kind of animation typically outside of anime kind of thing can skew more younger so more simple kind of storylines things like that uh 
Typically, um, before anyone jumps into the comments. I was totally um, going to jump in with yes. then Invincible punched you in the face. Exactly. Um, I, Invincible for me was probably my favorite just because I have been a Kirkman fan for years. Mm-hmm. An Invincible fan for years. Um, I actually finished my uh, while we were going through the show. And then when the show finished, I continued on my reread Excellent. of... The, the Invincible series beginning to end. Um, and it's that. It, it's something... And it's actually a, a consistent thing for me this year with a lot of our shows. is stuff that I've read the original, if you want to call it that, and the, a lot of these are adaptations. Mm-hmm. So why this? Um, the, the Invincible, uh, so on, so on. Yeah. Um, so seeing the differences and the changes that made have kept things very fresh for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed What If, especially in how much we know it is linked in mm. to the MC as a whole. And I was surprisingly, I was hesitant going into um, uh, The Bad Batch, having not watched Clone Wars, have not, kind of, big Star Wars fan, just not gone into that side of the, the house, the Rebels, the the Clone Wars, or yeah. any of the other animated. So I was hesitant going in, but seeing the the detail that they have put in mm-hmm. and some of the, the things that kind of and I, I, we made the joke in Filoni we trust <laughs> uh, and it's true mm. because there was yeah. things in there like we were seeing that the like something that only we would kind of find cool about how the I think it was how they moved over from the Republic credits to the new Imperial credit system mm-hmm. and the exchanges that they had and we were like Wow, that's a deep, deep cut. Yeah, like yeah. that's something only so like some we would care about. But it's seeing that there. So overall, very happy we dipped our toe into it. Yeah, interested to see where it goes in twenty twenty two. Knowing that we we may only have potentially one or two additional animated pieces coming in 2022. Yeah, that that is the interesting thing, isn't it? Because uh, Invincible has been confirmed for two more seasons, but animation does take a bit of time. It's, so it's likely we're not going to get a season two of Invincible within 2022. And then The Bad Batch also confirmed for a second season. Um, yeah. I believe that that was confirmed way before, but was only released to the public after, uh, after the show came out. Because it's a follow-on from a really popular show, I think they knew the property they had. Um, yeah. So we may get a Bad Batch season two within, within this year, um, as opposed to an Invincible, but it is really interesting doing animated shows was, was kind of, kind of odd. I'm a massive Walking Dead fan. So I love Robert Kirkman. I'd read the, uh, the first volume of Invincible. So, uh, when Chris came up with the idea of doing the Invincible show, I was kind of going, well, we don't redo animation. And that's a lot of work. There's a lot of shows going on at the same time, but I'm so glad we did it because it is a really good show and a really good companion piece to our boys podcast in a year where we didn't have the boys. On yeah. TV, it was nice to cover something as adult and violent, even in an animated form. Uh, so we kind of keeping that keeping that mindset uh, for the year. That was pretty cool. And then the Bad Batch, myself and John had had finished watching the entirety of the Clone Wars, so uh, it was only natural that we wanted to cover Bad Batch uh, as a follow up. And I'm so glad I 
it did tie in yeah. so well. It brought in loads of characters from years of watching the Clone Wars. It felt like it was really well tied into that. So that was kind of cool. Well, and, and a few others know, as well. Yeah, I was going to say we're we're not covering the the live action um, Star Wars shows at the moment, but Boba Fett is back at the moment, and Fennec Shand is the secondary character in that show. She's, yep. she's one of the main yep. characters in that show, and she had quite a good arc in the, in the Bad Batch animated series. So it was nice to to have that tie in uh, for a show that we're all really enjoying at the moment as well. Yeah, no, very much so. And I know Ahsoka started in the animated, moved her way into the Mandalorian, and now has her own show in the in the works. Coming in the future, exactly. Coming exactly. in the future. Yeah. Um, and on What If, we know it has been uh, greenlit for season two. That's right. Um, and apparently they're deep in the works. We know that one episode from season one is now going to be in season two. Yeah. Um, the Gamora episode. Mm-hmm. So it is questionable... When we get that, it depends on how I I I would like to say this year coming in twenty twenty two, but yeah. it, it's a tough one. It really depends on how far they were in production. Yeah, it's an interesting one. We we'd been saying all the way throughout the season how disconnected each of the shows were, and then they were all wrapped up into one over overarching storyline. They may wait for another position in the MCU to do that again, where it makes sense. So they may mm. wait for a year gap and then come back with what if season two we just really don't know how disney plus are going to be doing their shows in the future it's 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 really um hard to kind of guess how they're doing stuff and with their live action stuff um it's kind of difficult to know when they're going to be filming this stuff to be coming back out in future um speaking of which let's talk about the the mcu live action shows we covered for last year because there were four major shows outside of what if and i would categorize what if as one of the MCU shows for last year, but outside of that, there were four big live action shows. We started the year with uh, WandaVision, um, led into Falcon the Winter Soldier, which became Captain America and the Winter Soldier, as we all know. Uh, at the end of that series, we had Loki, which is the only show to get a second season announced at the end of it, left us yep. on a big cliffhanger yep. uh, to move into a second season. And then we've just finished Hawkeye um, at the end of the year. It closed out going from to one holiday to another holiday, starting on Thanksgiving and ending on uh, on Christmas uh, Christmas week. So, um, so some interesting shows this year, all different, I would say. Uh, oh, so definitely. What do you think, Tom? Definitely. I mean, I know when you put up the uh, the polls, I for me it was One Division. Um, I really enjoyed this. I think this, mm-hmm. from a TV point of view, really just was very different. I mean. You know, characters that we know, the characters that we love, introduce new characters, certainly firmly in the MCU. But I, I love the, the changing up of the TV shows. It was something different. Yeah. It, it, it honored those types of TV shows, but brought it into tell a story in a really fantastic way. Some great music coming out of this. Um, mm-hmm. and of course, leading into, uh, Multiverse of Madness, at least. Um, we already have the reference from the trailer for Multiverse of Madness having Westview in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just really enjoyed uh, this approach to um, the MCU live action on, yeah. on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. I thought it was really bold, um, really different, and I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I'm excited for Loki uh season 2 as well. Uh again, that just really was in my wheelhouse. I loved all the Lokis um in particular Richard E Grant uh, <laughs> in the in the classic Loki 
outfit. I loved um, it introducing the timeline branching and that element, and certainly with um, he who will not be named um, or Kang, as if we can call him that. <laughs> no, um, he's a different version of Kang. Was <laughs> just having um, his introduction uh, was just superb. Yeah. Yeah, Hawkeye, no, I really enjoyed yeah. getting into the festive spirit. Uh-huh. Um, much more lighter for me, um, yeah. but just that nice lightness of touch for the Christmas period. And I, I, I think with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I think you know that was again also a bit of a gamble with the MCU, really most explicitly covering those themes around Black Lives Matter and and, and that element of this transition uh for the falcon uh, to become captain america yeah. and what that means i really enjoyed this though because um yes i love magic i love the space side of marvel and um, i also like the that kind of espionage shield i i like that side of it as well and this very firmly roots or at least keeps that element of the MCU, at least from what we got in that show, mm-hmm. uh, within the, the this next phase. Uh, yes, it may involve um, the the scrolls possibly, <laughs> but I, I I do like that they're keeping something that is more earthbound as well, because yeah. um, we are certainly moving away from planet Earth quite a bit with mm-hmm. some of the MCU uh, properties. Which I love, don't get me wrong, uh, but I also like it being grounded with these characters like the Winter Soldier, like Falcon or Captain America, or with uh, Sharon Carter, uh, mm-hmm. all these different sides of, of things. Um, but they could transition into sword in, uh, I guess, in they, space. They might be able Shield to. in space, ultimately. Don't, don't forget about, uh, about um, Dancing Baron Zemo this year as well. Well, yeah. And, well, actually, <laughs> that was the great yeah. thing because for me, he was probably my favorite bad guy ultimately right. from the the thir- those first ten movies of the MCU. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed his story Fantastic and having yeah. uh, him, you know, involved in this series was just quality for me. Absolutely. What did you think of the state of TV MCU this year, Chris? Loved it. It's the MCU. It's, uh, I I unapologetically un- love how they are doing this. Mm-hmm. We've said for a long time a lot of these shows, a lot of these characters deserve their own show, and we got taste of that with, say, Cloak and Dagger. More, more importantly, Shield, Agents of Shield, mm-hmm. seven seasons of the potential of doing that. And what could go into it, and then not even touching the Netflix stuff. Yeah. Um, so seeing Hawkeye, okay, it is fan service, but it's not fan service in that they are, it's fan service in some of the, the, the mentions and the topics and the Easter eggs and things like that. Yeah. But the themes being discussed are like transcend comic book movies or tv shows yeah i think in I think, that superhero aspect yeah i think you're right but certainly with wandavision and Falcon yes. and the soldier those those two shows um dealt with quite serious themes loki um not as not as serious it's setting up a second season as well so it probably didn't have to do as in-depth a storyline as we saw in the other two shows and, and hawkeye felt a lot lighter but did have some great some great moments in it and, and really enjoyable moments in it overall uh do you have a favorite of the four that were released last year chris 
difficult, isn't it? It really is. <laughs> I loved Hawkeye. My recency bias says Hawkeye. Right. Because it was so, in a difficult year, it was, and a difficult ending of the year, it was fun, lighthearted, mm-hmm. easy to watch. The truth gun to my head, it's probably one division, okay. just based on the actual themes discussed mm-hmm. and the topics and just uh, some of the, the, the end kind of last two episodes on that. And I still remember Agatha. Well, yeah, like yeah. just Catherine Hahn knocking it out of the park in terms of so many aspects of Absolutely. that. Um, but yeah, for me, I think it is one division just when you go, beat for beat kind of a comparison but again their apples aren't just bananas and kiwis they're, they're <laughs> very different animals yeah just great that we've had that many great episodes of the mcu i think i think the only thing i'd probably say is that that they're still finding their feet sometimes you know it was i was interested to see some of the um critical reviews towards the end of the year where a, a lot of them were wondering how these worked as tv shows whether they worked well as tv shows yes they were tv shows there was episodes released every single week but i'm not sure whether marvel has got that balance yet on their on their tv because i was laughing everybody wants to get more of these characters than they're given more of the characters and the response was you could have done that in a movie why did you do a six episode season about it but um i think it allows you to spend more time with the characters and that's why we cover so much tv on tv podcast industries we enjoy spending time and having stories about characters but they are crafting them into six episodes that can be watched back to back very often. Um, we'll see. I think that that's something that will develop in the future. But I think I, I don't have any criticisms overall of of the MCU on TV this year. It's been really good and nice to have those shackles off a bit, which have been on when they were doing twenty two episode twenty two episode shows of TV when they were doing ABC shows like Agents of Shield, where you can't overtly reference the MCU because you're doing so much content every single week that you may step on the toes of story that they want to tell in the future. So uh, nice to have those shackles off. Same with the, the Marvel Netflix shows and Cloak and Dagger. Um, all of those shows are hampered a little bit by not being able to step into the MCU, whereas now it's interesting to see what they're doing yeah. as, a, as a company. It's weird, isn't it, that we say they're not able to step into the MCU, and that's the reason. Exactly what happened this year. It, it, it is. It, it's, <laughs> yeah. and Because I find that, intuitively speaking, pretty bonkers to say that, quite frankly. Okay. But, um, you know, the, let's hope it's not this monolith of just the MCU's way of the universe. Mm. It just can't be that. It's so... If that to me ultimately feels restrictive, okay. Yeah, but I got even though they're expanding it out, it yeah. seems a, a bit ironic. But it, it's it's like we we've said with a number of other shows here, like for example, the Wheel of Time, which in and of itself are monolithic fifteen books. Where you know, mm-hmm. are we going to go line by line or word by word as to what happens? And and in the end, even the MCU is adapting comics. It's a different medium. Of and it's a, even with TV as opposed to movies, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. this is the different mediums. They lend themselves to different ways of, of storytelling, depending on how they're presented. Certainly yeah. with TV, because you can chuck it all in at once, as we've said, or you can release it weekly, or you could be on cable where you're having to deal with adverts and it all lends itself to 
very different ways of how you would construct and, and structure that uh, that that program mm-hmm. uh, and how that comes across and how, even how that's received to some extent so but i i think they've done a great job um with the mcu live action i've really enjoyed um yeah. the fall that we've covered yeah i, I think the only uh, the only other thing that's been opened as a discussion this year by having these mcu live action is what's canon and what's not in this marvel universe that's been created for over the last 10 years and none more so than hawkeye we'll we'll talk about it here i'm sure you've all watched hawkeye our, our wonderful uh fellow defenders so you know kingpin appeared in there so uh not spoiling anything but how interesting is it that we have a character from the netflix universe appearing in the shows vincent d'onofrio very clear about the fact that this is his character he was snapped away for five years and now he wants to take his city back that's what his line was about so he's very clear that he's been told it's his character from the netflix shows appearing in the MCU, but it sparked all these discussions about um, whether the Netflix shows are canon anymore. Um, I, th- I think this is a really interesting uh, idea that that fans of these of these universes have. Exactly to your point, John, it's, it's not just one monolithic universe. These are stories that are told with the characters, all approved by Marvel when they came out. So what is, the ca- what is that canon in your mind? Nobody's ever said it's not canon at all. But as we've mentioned a couple of times on, on, uh, on the podcast, Kevin Feige's not going to send an eight-year-old to go and watch the Daredevil TV show so they can enjoy watching Pizza Dog on Hawkeye. He's going to incorporate pieces of those characters into the show, and you may never need to talk about the stories that they and experiences and and things that went on in the Daredevil shows. All the, yeah. the all those shows on Netflix were quite small in the universe. None of them were talking about massive world-changing events. That yeah. was the point of them. So you may never need to talk about those shows again, but it doesn't make them not canon. Yeah, well, except the one with the dragon. Um, yeah, you know, the that, defenders. That ended off basically being a building in New York, <laughs> though know. it wasn't a, a world-changing but the, event. But there was the Nine Cities. There was reference to that other world. You know, so I think um, I, I, I just think, even though Kevin Feige might not want a nine-year-old to go and watch them, more than likely, if they're like me as a kid, they will go and watch them. <laughs> so, um, that's great, and. If they maybe have seen something that they shouldn't have done too early, well, then I guess they'll have to... What what I mean by that is Kevin Feige is not going to come out and say these are no longer canon. He's also not going to encourage an eight-year-old to say that you must watch those shows (laughs) in order to watch this fluffy uh, Christmas set show that happens to have a cute dog in it. Uh, You must go and watch that three-season show that's aimed at over 18s and adults. Um, I don't think Kevin Feige would ever be coming out to say that. So um, so I don't think his silence on the topic as to whether it's canon or not says that it's not canon. Oh, I agree. agrees. agrees. I, I very much think throughout this year we'll be playing the Is It Canon game. Well, uh, I, I, I don't want to play the Is It Canon oh, no, game. It's I all don't. canon. Is the point. Yeah. So, yeah. But I think it's all canon, but they're going to cherry pick what parts of all is they think so in that say i hate to say it agents of shield is canon but mockingbird is not canon kingpin and other aspects could be canon but maybe uh karen page is not canon i'm not saying that that that, uh, deborah wall is not canon or shouldn't be canon Mm -hmm. i'm just saying they will cherry pick i think what works for future MCU aspects yeah. and it will be then over the next five years they'll we will then get a greater picture of what of that <laughs> those shows and those series are full canon and what are being kind of just let go 
Because I don't think the the only other aspect, the only way they could do it is to do what Star Wars did, which was everything became legends. All the books and the other things, the past became legends unless it was these films and or these TV shows or basically everything else. So the Thrawn stuff, originally the Thrawn stuff, the Shadow of the Empire, all that became legends or basically stories. Yeah, you say that's the only way they could do it, but they could also do it the Marvel Comics way, which is every single comic that's ever been published by Marvel is canon. And True. they've changed stories to adjust people's uh, back uh, backgrounds, and when they when people get reborn or come back from the dead, they change. They do a new art story, but every comic is basically canon. Nothing's been thrown out there. That's the Marvel way. So I'd suggest they're just going to ignore storylines where they don't want to drive people yeah. to go and find yeah, the Cloak and Daku episodes yeah. uh, because they're not they're not going to incorporate those stories anymore in future. But uh, we've also created the multiverse this year, so um, so they can simply say that took place in another pocket of the universe if they want to. And if they want to make any reference to it at all, but it's it sparked some interesting discussion this year, though. Yeah, very much so. But we also we didn't just cover TV shows from a Marvel perspective, from an MCU perspective this year. We had four additional films as well, uh, which mm-hmm. was fin- fantastic. <laughs> we had, and I'm going to go in my no personal order: Spider Man No Way Home, <laughs> Shang Chi, Eternals, and Black Widow. Um. Not saying that's my personal order, but that's probably my top four. It also has been <laughs> sorted by the votes that we've received in from uh, from our wonderful fellow defenders and, uh, and listeners. So, uh, so that is and it the priority order goes as well. By yes. o- yeah, it, it yeah. also goes by order too. Yeah, Spider Man um, No Way Home is is the most recently released film, and and we kind of said it, but it does feel um, I can't remember whether we said it on our podcast about it, but it does feel like it's the level of Avengers, the excitement for it, and having so many major characters all appearing in oh, one movie time. at the same time. So yeah. it's almost unfair to compare Spider-Man No Way Home against any of the MCU movies released this year. It's almost a, a different type of film than it's we saw this year. It's the first film in a long time since the big pandemic started to reach one billion in the box office. Oh, yeah. like yeah, yeah. And that's like years. It's Sony's most popular and highest grossing film of mm-hmm. all time. It is now... It's brought back that Avengers Endgame and Infinity War level of kind of box office discussions and yeah. wins and the rest didn't. And now I'm even saying like Shang-Chi for me and Spider-Man will always win, but if Shang-Chi was a, a close second in this one because of just how I... I was it came out of left of field for me. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting the feels, I was not expecting the action, I was not expecting that just the, the level of detail and just it blew me away on all accounts. Yeah, yeah. And I like so like that should in a non pandemic world, that could have easily been another billion dollar film. Mm-hmm. If it was as open and everything was as uh, uh, the world was as open as when Spider-Man was kind of released. Yeah, we, we even said it ourselves, there's 25 MCU movies, now 27 MCU movies, and I think Shang-Chi was the 25th MCU movie, and we've seen every single one of them opening night in the theatre. Uh, Shang-Chi, unfortunately, we couldn't get to the theatre to see, and it wasn't available 
on the home yeah. box office. So it took us a few weeks to get out to see it, yeah. which is really unusual for us. And we podcast about it. So I'm sure there's a hell of a lot of Marvel fans that don't go out week one uh, to go and watch these movies. So I would say Shang-Chi had one of the biggest potential box offices of the year yeah. that unfortunately the pandemic did hit, um, uh, which is which is a shame. But the good thing is it was a fantastic movie that people are going to get to experience at home and is, is now available on Disney Plus for anybody to watch now. And it is a really exciting movie, really, really good. And I'm so excited to, to see where those characters go uh, in the future of the MCU because uh, lots and lots of great um little indications of where they may go in the future as well. So that's, that's going to be cool. We know Shang-Chi 2, 2 is coming from the same director and writer. So, um, so that's already on the plan for, uh, for a future movie, which is, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, I know the excitement for, for Spider-Man No Way Home kind of steel steamrollered overall, uh, all the other movies for last year, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I, if I just park Spider-Man No yeah. Way Home for a minute, then for me, Shang-Chi is, my favorite marvel movie it felt mm-hmm. real world building it felt it felt like a next step from what we've gotten in the first three phases and, and this move yep. uh, i mean read a, f- a few shang chi comics so um the the character wasn't um totally unknown but i i, I loved this movie um it's it really um was there for for me and i think a bit like with the tv shows at the same time i really enjoyed eternals Mm -hmm. it was a different way of them doing it and i think you know in in the same way as when we got ant-man and it was going down that more comedic route you know and we had guardians of the galaxy bringing in the space route i I think i think the eternals was also actually really good it was a different vibe a different type of cinematic experience for marvel and um for jews to them again black widow it for me i enjoyed that movie it's given us um a great character with florence Pugh as lena belova Mm -hmm. and and the black widow's uh sister really you know showing up in hawkeye so just really really nice intertwining again I thought it was great to get this backstory, even if it should have happened five, six yeah. years sooner. Yeah. It was really good. It really connected in to me with Civil War and the Winter Soldier type movies that mm-hmm. we got here, even though maybe the timeline was a little bit further uh, along from yeah. that. But I, on I loved it. Do you guys think it's uh, Black Widow's even better now after? after Hawkeye and seeing Yelena Belova in in that show. What do you think? I don't know whether it's changed. I don't think it's necessarily changed my view of the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm just really pleased that they've taken that awesome character from the movie and put it into the yeah. the, the TV world. It was nice to have it that close together as well, wasn't it? The appearances of yeah. both, yeah. Definitely. Because yeah. um, that... I know that was my criticism. You, you, you said that as well. Like I, I loved Black Widow as, as a character. I love what they did in the story, but it's seven years too late. It should have been done when the original negotiations were happening with Scarlett Johansson, and that's where I'll probably watch that movie, is what I said at the time when it came out, is when I'm re-watching, I'll kind of go, right, here's Civil War. Before we get into Infinity War, I'll slot in Black Widow there because it makes lots of sense. Um, now, at the end of the year, after seeing Hawkeye with Helena Blova in there, 
it's nice to kind of look back on Black Widow then and go, right, now we'll see a full movie featuring that character. So yeah. uh, so now I don't know exactly where I'm going to fit it in, <laughs> whether it will be <laughs> uh, my rewatch of the series or whether it will be my rewatch of the movies. Yeah. So, I mean, I really liked it. And then if I unpark Spider-Man mm-hmm. No Way Home, then all I've got to say is just it's Spider-Man No Way Home. I thought yeah. this was just phenomenally, like... It served fans, it gave story, it gave tears, it gave sentimentality, nostalgia, having the three um, Spider-Men on on the screen. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought they really, you know, with the the amazing Spider-Man, I have a real soft spot for those movies and for Andrew Garfield. Mm -hmm. And I just thought how he just shone in that movie. Yeah. Uh, was was fantastic it has obviously the doctor um which i'm always going to be pleased to see and uh as well all the old characters doc ock and the green goblin all of those which was just again it it just felt really really good and it it gave a great trilogy for um spider-man here and for tom holland's portrayal of spider-man as well and i you know Fair dues to Tom Holland because he's he's a big star. He's got this property of Spider-Man and he's done a phenomenal job with it. But also I loved how he interacted with uh, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire mm-hmm. in in this movie. It just felt so natural and it gave vibes of um, Miles Morales' Spider-Man as well with this multiverse. I think the, the, they really gave this lovely energy to the movie um so which i think is something that sony seems to have pulled um out the bag here uh recently with their portrayal of spider-man whether yeah. that's the influence of having marvel mm. maybe i don't know but i don't think so i think the team that they've collected around that are have really They've made it epic, and yet he still feels like he defends queens, mm-hmm. you know? And that is the essence of that character. Absolutely. And it's great. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to give all the praise to Marvel either, but there was another uh, Marvel movie released last year from Sony, which was the, uh, the Venom sequel. It was okay. Um, probably about the same level as the first one. That's true. No, it is. So I guess that's kind of Sony without... Marvel. I uh, guess, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> uh, it's not terrible. Genuinely, I, I, I enjoyed the first Venom movie, but I, I kind of um, the second one was fine and a little bit more of the of the same. So that's grand. Uh, yeah, Spider Man No Way Home. Really excited to watch that in the cinema as well. That was that was a, a great experience being able to be there when people were getting their first reactions to seeing what was up on screen. Um, Shang Chi, I love this. I've watched it a couple of times now since uh, since we saw it for the for a review, and it, it's just as good each time. It's it, it, those characters are great, and the actors in those roles are really really good. Um, looking forward to Eternals. It comes out on Disney Plus uh, tomorrow as we record the twelfth of January. So, uh, be able to watch that at home and and uh, and see it and see it again. Um, I remember walking out of the theater at that one, or walking out of the cinema at that one, going, um, "Oh, it's okay." And then over the course of the weekend, and then when we recorded our podcast, liking it more and more the more I thought about it, which is something that's unusual for for me for Marvel movies. I'm usually pretty pretty cl- it clicks with me pretty quickly. Um, as 
it's the MCU I love it but I, I kind of like that they've created something that took me a little time to think about and and, uh, and enjoy the nuance of so um, so yeah I think that was a, that was a really good a, a really good year for movies I mentioned Black Widow already as well but um, but I think it was a really good year for Marvel movies cons- especially considering we had an entire year without them in 2020 so uh, so coming back with all four of those was pretty fun to, to go and watch right yeah no huge for me the only one I think which is potentially not in a, as a huge Neil Gaiman fan, The Eternals just, I've looked back on it more and I'm just, I'm not, it's not as high. So, which I shocked me mm-hmm. the more I thought of looking back in 2021, um, I, w- I would have expected basically it to be my number two. Um, like just based on the property, the characters, my love of everything Eternals. Um, so seeing this where it is and how everything else kind of wrapped out, I'm just, it's, I'm going to give it another watch tomorrow and hopefully there's layers and details that I missed that will just improve my viewing each time going forward. Or or maybe again, it's been a couple of months since you saw it. So maybe it's just. Dissipating from your mind. Um, yes, I, I know when sure. you. I know when you own the stuff at home or when it's available for streaming, you kind of throw it on uh, more often than not. So, uh, so you probably get to see it if you get to see it when it comes out in Disney Plus. It might, uh, it might spark the memories that you had as well as when uh, when we were talking about it. So, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I said at the time, and we all said this is that it's it's not a movie for everybody, and it's interesting that Marvel would make something like that that it, that it's not aimed at a mass audience. They pulled it out of multiple countries because. Some of those countries were asking to change elements about the film, and Marvel stuck to their guns and, and decided this is the film that they wanted to release to the world. So yeah. that told me this is something that they did want to present to the world as a movie, and they weren't looking for another billion-dollar blockbuster. Um, they've had a bunch of those, and they are now willing to plow money back into their studio and tell stories that they want to tell. So um, I hope they stick with that as their, as their future uh, as a company, because we know not every single movie coming out of any movie studio, regardless, has has ever done the same massive box box office numbers every single time. So if they're going to be sustained as a storytelling studio, they need to have multiple types of storytelling, some things for small audiences, some things for big audiences. So Yeah. But they'll still be able to trade on the Marvel name for a very long time, I'm sure. Okay. I'm sure. Uh, let's go into our final bracket of shows, guys. The other shows that we covered, things don't, that don't fit into Marvel or, uh, or into our animation. Covered four other shows in, in 2021. We started out the year, myself and John, getting our, our uh, beaks wet on Marvel. Uh, let's say with the Marvel 616 documentary, a, a fun series of documentaries that some, some mini episodes talking about those documentaries, but understandably it's a documentary show on Disney plus. So we know uh, a lot of people weren't watching it, but I think there's, there was some fun, uh, some fun things to talk about out there with there. Yeah. I've got, I've got a soft spot for the Marvel 616, um, series in the sense that I don't think all of them kind of really grabbed me, but there were, I would say there was good, decent, three or four of them yeah. that, that did and yeah. weirdly the one that i was least expecting to sort of grab me where it, um they were taking marvel into schools and yes. and, and for for theaters yeah. i thought it was just lovely and in the end yeah. uh, that that was just probably my best one from there and then it was japanese spider-man fantastic. Uh, and yeah. it was also looking at the role uh, of women in um developing characters uh for marvel and bringing in new characters so yeah. i really really enjoyed that so i have a like, real soft spot for the the marvel 616 and i know 
I think you can pick and mix on that. So absolutely. definitely recommend people to to check that out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, definitely say uh, go check out Marvel Six One Six. It's it, they're half hour documentaries, I think, uh, for the most part, or, or forty five minutes. So uh, so definitely yeah. worth checking that out. Um, we just we did cover three other drama shows uh, throughout last year. Three uh, three quite different shows. Uh, Pennyworth was as a show from uh, the creators of Gotham. Myself and John started out our podcasting career covering Gotham and we've continued to uh, to follow along with the show and into Pennyworth uh, in season two. Another crazy show because uh, we did expect that uh, though uh, with the with the creators of Gotham. We, we expected it to go a bit crazier and crazier <laughs> uh, as the shows go on and yeah, by the end of it we had a... Um, we had a, a a pretty super heroic um character uh, on board um freezing people and electrocuting people all around him uh, in, in, as the season ended a uh, really interesting one for for pennyworth that's also on some of the smallest channels in the world so its audience is very is very small uh, as we know from our podcast but um it's moving to hbo max this year um or it's 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 being released on hbo max this year the first two seasons i think are available by the end of january um so It'll be really interesting to see the reaction is of people who haven't been able to watch this show, this interesting alternate universe of DC's UK. Um, yeah, which is, I, I yeah. think we were the only podcast covering Pennyworth. I think actually. we were. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I, if my memory serves me right, so, which well, is just yeah. which is mad, but it yeah. it really made for interesting engagement with members of the the cast and. Uh-huh. Certainly, yes. Main, mainly because it was on uh, small stations. So, mm-hmm. uh, really interesting. It's got a season three um, yep. in in the bag. So it it just. I mean, it, it's mad to think that Pennyworth got season three for me. Yet, why the last man didn't get a season two, for example? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a real strange way how the tv or the decision-making gods just do things and um, but nonetheless that is the case and i mean why the last man really really enjoyed uh as well I, I thought that just was like a fine wine getting finer and finer all Absolutely. the way through i love that evolution of that show mm-hmm. um a- across uh all the episodes of the first series and i really hope it gets picked up and then Wheel of Time was just a lovely, epic smorgasbord of fantasy, loveliness, um, you know, magic, dark lords, dark <laughs> ones, in fact, uh-huh. uh, dark spawn, dark friends, dark chocolate, you name it. It was, it was evil on one side, heroic on the other. Slightly dodged with the eyes to die, you know, can you, can't you trust them? Mm-hmm. Like money well spent from Amazon Prime and from the showrunner, but uh, really, yeah, you galloped along with the heroes on, on the back of their horses for that one. And that I really loved. They just, they nailed the, the feel and the excitement that fantasy should have. Like, you know, it reminds you of the, the the Lord of the Rings and the Fellowship, the way it was portrayed by Peter Jackson, it has it has it's just a lot. It has a lot to do as a series introducing a world, but it was done really, really well. Yeah. And I must say that would be my top pick. Um, and I cannot wait for season two. 
Excellent. Excellent. What about you, Chris? I know Wheel of Time was your choice to add to the schedule for this year because you're a big fan of the books. This is one that you've been pushing us towards. But I know you're also a big fan of Why the Last Man, the comic books as well. So um, so that was one I think we all were agreed we were going to be covering for the year. What did you think of the adaptations of those two? For me, Wheel of Time was the standout. It, it had way more pitfalls, potential pitfalls as an adaptation. Um, just in terms of the, the the high fantasy elements and the the the, the a very wordy kind of narrative based. Let me describe the the this cloak in the color of white in extreme detail mm-hmm. for at least a page. Um, so it, the Rave Judkins did an amazing job adapting that type of kind of uh, novel. Mm-hmm. That being said, why the last man? What we got from that season and the 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 ensemble, they moved it from a, a kind of three piece story where Yarick is the main character in the comic books. It mm-hmm. is his yeah. story. It is his journey. They shifted the 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 camera back and actually took into account a lot more of the wider cast. Yeah. In, in the comic book and it made it ten times better as an adaptation and like intrigued me to the level of when we heard it wasn't getting a season two now it's still pretend, there's still potential who knows it may get picked up elsewhere yeah uh, but because it has not been officially killed 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 I really hope it does because I want to see where it goes whereas with say um, Mark Miller's Jupiter Ascending, a storyline I am in love with from a comic book perspective because mm-hmm. it is an epic two, three graphic novel. If you really want to go into it, um, now with a fourth, it is an amazing storyline that shows adaptation. Who <laughs> we? Well, yeah, yeah. yeah that was we, like, dodged, we dodged a bullet on that. Yeah, one, we we had it on our schedule. We um, did receive the episodes for review, and after watching four or five of them, just couldn't think of enough to talk about as a podcast about it. And it just, it just. And didn't that's a choice work, we always make. Yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. choice we always make, in that we say we there's so much negativity out there on the podcast and the internet and all that. We want to be the ones that dive in and talk the good about the show. What was. And when we all kind of sat down after the first kind of five, six and went, yeah. can you? And I was like, oh, I'm the fan. I could probably pull it. And you guys were like, no. And then I was like, yeah, well, that's not then what we do. Yeah. That is not a choice we make. And like any one of these, the Wheel of Time could have gone down that road. Mm, absolutely. Many other shows could have gone down there. Like, like, oh my God, like, there is always a chance an MCU show in the future will go down that road. We've had two in the past that have gone down that road. So, uh, yeah, yep, it's a no, no guarantee of quality. Uh, but, but yes, we, we would always look at something from the intention of the filmmakers. And I think for, uh, when we watched Jupiter Ascending, we were trying to work out was the intention just to get us to season two because it felt like they held most of the storyline until yeah. the last episode and then unloaded about half of it and kept it hoping that expecting to get a, a season two and nobody's guaranteed a season two uh, of any show unless you do a good job of the first one so uh so yeah we didn't didn't really want to uh 
didn't want to watch a show that we had to complain about bits of every week. Uh, no, so that's not fun uh, for us or the audience. But yeah. what about you from these other shows, Derek? The, these final four. I absolutely loved covering Wheel of Time with you guys. Uh, it was really interesting being the uh, being the person that knew pretty much nothing about the show going into it. I've read loads of fantasy novels uh, before and, and have seen some terrible adaptations of fantasy before <laughs> in, in shows, but Wheel of Time was just something that just I'd never crossed paths with. Um, so it was really interesting having uh, Chris, who's the uh, the book reader who's read all 15 books and John who's read the first two and is on to the third book now and, and really enjoying the storyline. It was great to have that. That was a new podcasting experience for me because I generally would, uh, would overall kind of lead the podcast and put our, put our notes together and stuff like that. Whereas for a wheel of time, very different for me to, to do that because I was literally looking at it as a TV show. And trying to work out how what the TV show was trying to tell us uh, was important about this universe. So uh, I thought it was great fun to cover that, uh, closing out the year with a with a big fantasy epic after doing so much other uh, types of show during the year. I think it was great to do that. Um, yeah, yeah, really enjoyed Wheel of Time. Really excited to see what they come up with for uh, for the second and third season. Um, and I, I I think I will probably stay clear of the books for a while because I'm kind of enjoying that position on the on the podcast. Yeah, yeah no, it's no, good. good. But Why the Last Man was one that I was looking forward to for such a long time. It's, it's. Um, I, I reread the book series before it came out. Um, I'd heard so much about the the production over the years and was really excited and hanging my hat uh, on on this great show. And then it came out and the show was great. It was really good and got better, as John said, every single episode. And then to be told it hadn't been given a renewal from Hulu for all of those reasons. Um, that. Hulu won't renew shows. Um, there's so many reasons. It's it's changed ownership. It's it's moved to it moved to a different way of doing things. So there are loads of reasons why it didn't get renewed for a for a season two at Hulu. I'm really hoping that somebody would pick that up, and I'm hoping people don't stop talking about why the last man. It's a it's a great show that shouldn't be lost uh, to the winds of time. I'd, I'd love to see it come back in some form in the future, um, or else we have. Our, our new answer for that question of which show didn't, uh, should get more than one season. It's not, not just Firefly now. It's Firefly and Why the Last Man, right? Yeah. No. Well, that's true. true. Yeah, there exactly. There you go. Um, that's all the shows we covered, uh, throughout the course of 2021. We, we go through, uh, some of the results from our, uh, our Facebook and, uh, Twitter polls, um, on the shows that we covered. So on our animated shows, we mentioned Invisible, What If, and Bad Batch. Um, this was a really hard won battle, uh, over on Twitter, particularly, uh, Marvel's What If uh, came out first with one vote in the difference um, and Invincible and Bad Batch got the same number of votes over on Twitter. So uh, that was quite interesting. It's very, very hard one battle. So over on over on Twitter, it's uh, Marvel's What If. Over on Facebook, a different story. Um, we have with almost 48% of the vote Invincible coming in as the winner uh, of our best animated show of 2021. Yeah. Very interesting. Boop, yeah, boop. That's very interesting. Yeah. It's just fun to see the difference between the two uh, between the two channels as well. With uh, with our Marvel TV shows, interestingly, uh, the main show that came out on both um, our Facebook group and on on Twitter was One Division, um, getting about forty percent of the vote over on Twitter and thirty five percent of the vote over on Facebook. But on our Facebook group, Hawkeye and Loki were tied for position um, as best TV show with exactly twenty eight percent of the vote for each of them, which is quite interesting. Whereas over on Twitter. Loki was a more clear winner um, than Hawkeye, so uh, so interesting. I wonder if I wonder if the hashtags uh, had something to play in, in that. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> I was surprised by Falcon and the Winter Soldier mm. being so low. I really was. 
Yeah, I think as as we mentioned, you know, all of these shows are MCU shows overall, so it's quite difficult to parse them apart. And when you have to choose just one of those four shows, which was the choice that was available, unfortunately. Well, that was it, wasn't it? That was um, the issue. Yeah, yeah. I had to really dig deep. As someone who normally picks three for my top one, Uh um, (laughs) yeah, I was suddenly (laughs) faced with an insurmountable problem. Yep, sorry, John, <laughs> and sorry, everybody over at the over at the Facebook group and over at Twitter, but that's just how polls work. Uh, I was trying to find it, but yeah, I guess if you're looking at that order of priority, um, yeah, Falcon the Witch Soldier did come in as the lowest uh, lowest votes um, for the shows, but uh, I think I think a lot of people enjoyed it anyway uh, as yeah. a show. Um, for the movie Spider Man No Way Home, a clear winner on both Facebook and, and Twitter, and I think I think if I uh, compared every single show and uh, and movie that we did last year, I think it's the one that's got the highest number of votes. It certainly got some of the highest listenership for an episode of the podcast that we've done for the last year as well because I think everybody uh, wanted to talk about it and everybody who'd seen it um, if all their mates hadn't seen it, they want to listen to a podcast that's uh, that's talking about it, right? So, uh, so they came and listened to ours, which was really nice. Thank you very much for that. Um, on the other MCU movies, the non-Sony MCU, we'll say, how about that? Um, yeah. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings uh, did come in as uh, as highest voted um, from our from our listeners and, and fellow defenders. Um, Eternals came in after that, and Black Widow came in quite low there. Came in came in at the lowest point there, but uh, but I guess. You know, Black Widow, as we mentioned, is a story that we've known this character for such a long time. Eternals and Shang Chi both have uh, both have people that that love them because they're brand new characters in the universe. So um, I totally get that. Yeah, no, and I, again, it, it's, it's interesting for me as well how like minded, <laughs> hive minded, I should say, uh, the the voting is in terms of even our own discussions internally uh, as hosts. Yeah, it seems that kind of everyone's on a lot of the same track as us. Yeah. In terms of how everything kind of netted out from a, a year of content that is 2021. Yeah, absolutely. And on the other shows that we covered, um, you know, we choose these because they are for different audiences. I wouldn't put, you know, I wouldn't say there's a huge amount of crossover between the Wheel of Time watchers and the Pennyworth watchers, for example, uh, or the Why the Last Man watchers. But uh, but quite interestingly, Wheel of Time um, came out on top there of the other shows yep. that we that we covered last year with, uh, with Why, the, Why the Last Man in second. Um I don't think that many people have seen Pennyworth, uh, to be honest. So I, no, I, I really don't. A think bit of a so. gap in our podcasting. Um, or Marvel Six One Six. Or Marvel Six One Six. But I, I do hope that when uh, Pennyworth comes out in HBO Max, that uh, if you haven't had the chance to check it out, um, you get to watch it and catch up on the adventures of Alfred Pennyworth yeah. back in there, uh, back in the swinging DC sixties. But it's also we have some very long-standing Gothamites, mm. fellow Gothamites um, as yeah. well, uh, that ha- have been with us there from. The get-go, um, when we were covering Gotham, Absolutely. moved with us with Defenders, picked that up, and, you know, a lots and lots of uh, listeners that, that um, still recall the Gotham days, Absolutely. where it was Comic-Cons and mm. meeting up at Comic-Cons and, and doing all that, which, of course, is just... Like also the other great thing about doing uh, these shows um, and, and linking in at, at the fan conventions. And Gotham is still one of the best TV shows that DC have ever done. Yep, and and you've got Gotham Central and the Batman potentially yeah. coming both this year. Potentially, who knows where Gotham Central will end up landing? But I think again. that was probably what we thought Gotham 
was a scary 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 scary. Yeah, originally. Yeah, yeah was wait and see. Yeah, it's so, going to be, and you know Renee Montoya will be back for that, so there's a one for you. Absolutely. Uh, Renee Montoya, uh, played by um, Victoria Cartagena, currently appearing on, on Batwoman and uh, has appeared on Gotham as well, uh, played by the same actress, which is cool. I love that there's the connection there, even though Gotham is uh, so superior to the uh, to the uh, CW shows, um, of course, as we, as we often mentioned back at the time. Uh, that's it for everything that we've covered in 2021. I think it's time to take a trip to the pub and uh, and the tavern. I think tavern you will find Derek. Yes, yes, that's true. I, I, even I wrote that incorrectly. Yes, go off to the tavern to do our Wheel of Time pub quiz and choose the winner that we have uh, yes. for the Wheel of Time pub quiz. There may be some spoilers if you haven't watched Wheel of Time in the questions uh, for these episodes, but uh, since we're not doing a wrap-up of Wheel of Time Season 1, um, we thought it would be good to actually award the uh, the winner in this in this podcast, right? Absolutely. Yes. Okay, John, let's take us through the first two questions. Yes, fellow wheelies, fellow quizzes, fellow Taverans. Um, here are the first two questions and answers from the Wheel of Time Tavern Quiz. Mm-hmm. Question one from episode one. What does Rand give to Egwene that he has been carrying around with him all day? It was, of course, a strawberry. That's right. Uh, I do like the fact that Egwene said, has that been in your pocket all day? Um, not touching that. Um, <laughs> hot and sweaty strawberries are not the thing to be eaten. Nope. Um, and for question two... In the story told by Moraine, how many days did the army of Menethrin hold out? It was 13 days. Yes. Unlucky for some Menethrin, um, by the sounds of it, as their entire civilization was destroyed soon thereafter. (laughs) Yes. In episode three, we had the question, how many coppers does Dana the serving girl charge Rand and Matt for their meal and their donation to the Gleeman? The answer was three coppers. Mm -hmm. There we are. And then in episode four, what is the name of the dog that slept on Moraine's bed when she was at the White Tower? And of course, like all good dog names, it was Jenny, not Spot or Patch or Rover. It was Jenny. Telling you about Jenny the, the dog. By the time we get to season five, that'll be massively important. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. <laughs> <laughs> Our question on episode Jenny five. Wasn't a what, dog. Yeah, Jenny can channel the one source. <laughs> <laughs> Our question on episode five was what dish does Perrin not want to eat anymore as he travels with the Tinkers? He doesn't want to eat turnip curry. Turnip curry. I think I'd be right with you, Perrin, for sure, on that one. I feel like we've done a really nice turnip soup with curry powder in it. Yes, I think lovely. you could you could do it. You could blend it a bit more, so, kind of. Yes, but this is where Derek is confusing yeah. turnips with parsnips. Oh, that was right. Yeah, yeah that was right. Thank you, John. Um, yes, I don't want turnip curry either. Our episode six question was: What is the name of the town where Leandrin keeps her her secret relationship hidden? It was North Harbor. Yes, what a dirty girl she's been. <laughs> <laughs> On episode seven, how many soldiers? Do we see Rand's mother kill on the side of the dragon mount Ooh, yeah. as she tries to give birth to her son? The answer was a pale six, but she was giving birth, so we'll let her away with that as a maiden of the spear. This was absolutely the best scene of the entire season. That, <laughs> well, uh, was, that it was pretty Rand's awesome. Mother. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. If you haven't had the chance, there is a quick behind the scenes on YouTube and X-Ray and uh, you know, on Amazon Prime Video um, that goes into the 
uh, the actual shows you how they filmed that scene mm-hmm. with the, the and they actually brought in this particular piece of camera machinery on a dolly that filmed at such high speed that if the stunt actors were off, they would have been clocked so badly they would have got <laughs> unconscious because it flipped so much. Wow. So if they had have missed the beat, they would have been made unconscious. Very interesting to see. Yeah, Absolutely. Very, very cool. Um, and finally, our question eight. What words does Padden Fane use to access Faldara? It is the Kingfisher flashes above the pond. Yes, you mm-hmm. dirty Kingfisher, you. <laughs> um, flashing above the pond is the words that Padden Fane uses to access Faldara. Absolutely, absolutely. Those are the eight questions and eight answers from our Wheel of Time Tavern quiz for uh, 2021. Um, we may have made these questions a little too hard guys. yes we may Sorry. have this is uh we we do have only three of our fellow wheelies who've gotten top marks for yes. uh for this tavern quiz yes who will be going into the draw for the goodies uh that we have which include the companion book to the wheel of time mm-hmm. uh, so you can learn all about your favorite uh characters yeah and we will be asking you um whoever you are that wins um we will be asking you your t-shirt size as well uh, as we will be getting official wheel of time t-shirt for you to yep. to put on and to um maybe like a white cloak for example uh <laughs> or one of the azure of the ace sedai and um, different colors okay um, don't be promising t-shirts no i'm not promising exist, too much but um, <laughs> so um we um we have three fellow wheelies who got top marks we have dr bob phillips James Lawson and Victor Von Doom. Well done for uh, getting all the answers right again. As I say, obviously quite difficult questions this time. Um, I have a feeling it may have been to do with the episode seven question with the the number of soldiers that Rand's mother uh, saw off uh, while she was giving birth. <laughs> it might have been, been. Might have been. But remember, if you uh, do know the answers to all the questions, always send in an entry to us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com and you could be in with a chance of getting some goodies uh, about the show that we're doing our pub quiz about. Let's go on and yes. see who's won this. Yes. So it is over to Chris, who will shout blindly at his wall uh, so that the electronic voice that uh, just permeates everything and um, will be able to pick uh, the winner. Yes. Hey, Google, randomly pick a number between zero and three. Here's a random number, two. Excellent stuff. Yes. Big, big congratulations to James Lawton. Mm-hmm. Uh, who has been picked out of the electronic tombola uh, by Google's randomizer. Uh, thank you so much for um, your answers to the questions and congratulations on getting through to the, the tom, tombola part. And commiserations to um, our fellow wheelies who uh, weren't picked um, uh, in, in this uh, pub quiz. But thanks so much uh, for entering and to everyone that sent in their answers for the tavern quiz. Excellent. Congratulations, James, for your win there. And we will have uh, the results of our Hawkeye pub quiz on our Hawkeye wrap-up episode, which will be out after the uh, Hawkeye assembled episode, um, which is coming up on Disney Plus next Wednesday, the 18th of 
19th of January. Um, so uh, that's when we'll be doing our Hawkeye pub quiz. But let's talk about some of the other shows we'll be covering in 2022. So let's talk about the shows we'll likely be covering from Marvel next year. I know Chris had, uh, had in the dock, he'd entered a, a Guardians of the Ga- Galaxy Christmas special, which we are unlikely to be covering uh, in our coverage uh, for, for next year. <laughs> the shows we will be covering because there's loads of shows coming out from Marvel next year and loads of shows we do need to cover. Um, we will be covering Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk and Secret Invasion. Now, Secret Invasion is the one that, for as far as I'm aware, we don't know has it been confirmed for this year, but we know filming began on that last uh, last summer um, with Nick Fury taking a lead role uh, in his own TV show. Finally, I know as a Nick Fury fan that a Nick Fury TV show has been talked about since the early 90s. Um, if anybody remembers uh, David Hasselhoff as Nick Fury, that was the pilot for a Nick Fury TV show. So, <laughs> so that's how long it's been talked about. But this time it's going to be Nick Fury in the lead of Secret Invasion. Kind of cool to have uh, Samuel L. Jackson coming back. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. I think it will be because of the, the, the level of filming that has taken place mm. um, and some of the supposed... If any of the leaks are to believe, the impact it will have on the, the wider slate of films yeah. and things mm-hmm. like that. Absolutely. Because um, I know a lot of people have already been talking about it, and we've been talking about yeah. it, that we believe there's already been an impact in the background on some characters acting slightly differently um, in some of the uh, TV shows. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, I, I love this comic event when it came mm. out. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. So I can't wait to see what they do. Um, yeah. Simple as that. What um, hero do you trust and who's a, uh, a squirrel in disguise? Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, interesting, definitely. Interesting um, one. Uh, the one that was announced to come out in 2021 uh, was Miss Marvel. Um, fully filmed, fully completed, due to be out in 2021, but was moved. Um, given the amount of content that Marvel released last year, that made lots of sense. But do you guys think that means we're going to see her as the first show coming up this year, since it was complete and was supposed to be out by the end of 2021? No, there was some reshoots done, um, supposedly to bring it closer in line to some of the things that are happening in the Marvels, which is Miss Mar- Captain Marvel 2, um, which has uh, Monica Rambeau from WandaVision, Miss mm. Marvel, uh, Kamala Khan from this show, and Captain Marvel herself, Brie Larson. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so that will have all of them in that film, which comes out next year. So apparently there was some reshoots. I think that is the our Q2, our kind of April, May, what? June, because rumor has it. Uh, and again, rumors being rumors, Moon Knight is the uh, show that opens 2022's MCU uh, slate. Um, I'd be interested to see yeah. both of these. Very, very interested to see where they go with Moon Knight. We we know that uh, some uh, Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. Uh, the Ray, Moon Knight, Chris. The Moon Knight podcast. And I know he is all up for this, along with all the other Khonshu, uh kind of fanatics mm-hmm. uh, that are there. So uh, I'm interested to see both. I could easily see it's one or the other. One or the other is going to end up being the first film. First show. <laughs> well, yes, there's only three, Chris. But there is one other Christmas special <laughs> that we we you will not let us talk about. No, we'll talk about it. It's one episode. It's not a it's not a TV it show is. though. So uh, it's it's kind of like a TV movie on Disney Plus. Um, 
as exactly. far as I know. So uh, so that's the other thing that will be happening uh, next year. But as we say, Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, Secret Invasion are the likely shows that are going to be coming out from Marvel next year, uh, during the course of 2022. Sorry. Um, what do you think, John? What's what's coming up? What ones are you excited well, about? Yeah, I've said Secret Invasion uh, already. Miss mm-hmm. um, Marvel, I'm really, really actually excited for this. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to be, um, but... In terms of learning more about the character, I'm just I can't wait to see um this show. Uh, yeah. I I yeah, I'm just really looking forward to it. I'm really intrigued. Moon Knight, I'm I'm stoked that that's um that that's here. Mm-hmm. Um I, I just you know, with with um podcasting and, and having Ray involved with the Defenders for so long, and I know when Doctor Strange happened for me like with Nick Fury, with yourself, yeah. um, your grand Chris, Spider-Man's been around for ages. Um, yes. Then, you know, absolutely stoked that that happened. So I can only imagine uh, the an- anticipation and excitement um, from uh, Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast, mm-hmm. uh, and, of course, the fellow loonies um, over the uh, for the anticipation for this. And I'm really excited to see um what uh what what they do with this character because in fairness he has a lot of things going on that uh, i really like with konshu yeah. and and all of this I, I guess almost given that we've just watched dexter his dark passenger and there's also his did as well yeah so yeah. there's a lot of stuff to going on with this character of mark specter of moon knight and i'll be just really excited to see yeah uh, what what they do with the with the character it's going to be really interesting because people that don't know the character will probably just think of him as a as a vigilante um so it, it'll be interesting to see how marvel handle that in the universe and how and, and how they're going to cast moon knight as a as a character on tv because this year we've really dealt with a lot of major characters that everybody knew coming into yeah. all of the shows everybody that's there so these shows that coming up this year moon knight miss marvel and she hulk particularly are all shows yeah. that feature characters that haven't appeared in the MCU before. So it'll be really interesting to see how they deal with all of them. Um, She-Hulk is the one that's kind of, uh, that I'm kind of pushing out of my mind a little bit for, for this year because it's, um, it's apparently the nine episode, um, half hour comedy show. I just don't know what that looks like in Marvel yet. Um, yeah. I have more of a yeah. sense of what Miss Marvel is going to look like and more of a sense of what Moon Knight looks like, but She-Hulk is going to be quite different from what I understand from the descriptions of it. But, until we start seeing trailers for them, I'll have, I don't think I have a sense uh, of, of that show. But everything they've done in the MCU has always made me interested to, to give it a shot anyway. So we'll see, uh, we'll see what that's gonna, what's gonna happen this year. Yeah. Yeah. She Hulk for me is the Hawkeye. It, it's either, it's gonna end up being something that we absolutely love and just go, Oh my God. How did we not guess this? And this is fantastic. Or it's just gonna be something we really thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah. It just, it's, it's, it's one or the, now again, could, <laughs> could, could be that weird case, but I don't think yeah. so. I, I kind of the, love the idea that that'll be the show where they'd introduce lots of characters crossing over because they're going in and out of a courtroom. Um, I, yeah. I kind of like that idea where you where you could have loads of different people coming in and out of the show and it could be completely different every week. That'd be cool. I know. And um, there is one other lawyer of well-known repute that is true. who potentially could come in. Who yeah, knows? Absolutely. We could be seeing Matt Murdock back on uh, on our TV screens. That would be very cool. Be very cool. Uh, one of the show that's on Disney, um, which we kind of mentioned earlier on, we mentioned the Bad Batch Season 1 that we we discussed that. Bad Batch Season 2 is in production. No day confirmed, but um, possibility that that could also be coming out in 2022 as well. 
Yes. Yeah. But that moves us into some of our other main shows that come from Prime Video, which has been, in my opinion, kicking it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Not just even knocking it out of the park, kicking it out of the park this year. Um, so in 2022, we have coming relatively soon, um, February, yeah. uh, Picard season two. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm really excited to see, um, how they're going to, bring this character back in for season two season one we overall liked the season uh the yeah, first season yeah. and there was it was a very different type of story than we've seen with picard in the past and this season is going to be a really interesting film during covid but bringing back the q character from uh from star trek next generation and we, awesome we all loved q uh, yes. when we watched next generation yeah. and his appearances on the subsequent show but it will be really interesting to see how they've how they've produced the second season of the show and confirmed for second and third season. Third season is currently in production uh, at the moment. So um, I've said it before to the guys off air, but I much prefer a second and third season of a show, second, third, fourth season. Give me, give me as much as possible of a group of characters that are going on with adventures, because I think you can develop so much more uh, when you get that group of characters going into a second and third season. And a lot of the stuff we covered in, in 2021 were first seasons of shows, which is always a bit more difficult to get into the groove of what the show is trying to do. So, uh, yeah. so I'm really and only to see seasons what, of shows for some of them, and only exactly only seasons yeah. of show for 2021. But, um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what we have uh, for Star Trek Picard at the end of February, I think, but uh, but no date just yet. No, and it's a weird one because it does have time travel mm-hmm. um, according to the trailer, yeah. um, and that's a very interesting. I I I, I the trailer didn't grab me. Really? But, no, the trailer didn't grab me. I Q love, grabs me. Yeah, I love the trailer. That didn't. Yeah, but uh, Q wasn't he in the trailer? He is. So part of the trailer. Part of the trailer. Yeah. Then let's say that the time travel <laughs> aspect we have seen been done in Star Trek: The Motion Picture and Discovery <laughs> as well. Uh, true. You're not true. a Star Trek show if you don't do time travel, Chris. It's been, it's, a, it's uh, been yeah, every okay, single fair. Star Trek TV show and movie. <laughs> I think not every movie. Okay, let's movies. say the, the 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 travel to the current past, which is the current day when the film comes out. That's the interesting part. But I am very much here for it. Let's wait and see yeah. how it goes. It might be the first Star Trek show to reference the pandemic, which would be quite interesting. Oh, uh, my God. Always, yeah. always difficult when you film a show set in the future and miss out something like two and a half years of pandemic that people have been going through. So <laughs> they may want to decide to reference that in Star, in Star Trek. Uh, that would be really interesting. Uh, the boys are having a big year on Prime Video as well, aren't they? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boys. You say the Chris. boys. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, the boys season three hits our our faces <laughs> with a, a big giant <laughs> thing that slithers in through a door, as we saw in season two. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, June 3rd with three episodes. Yep. Continuing until then, uh, July 8th with the, the final episode. Yeah. And that's just see that's just the boys, and we saw not a cliffhanger, but we did see uh, poor old wee Huey go off to potentially work with a a a, a supervillain. Yes. Um, oh, yes. So who knows? Yeah. Um, the boys, the boys had slid apart in, at the end of uh, yeah. at yeah. the end of season two, believing the mission was accomplished effectively. So we, we um, saw a defenestrated villain, um, sort of also on a cliff edge um, across Manhattan. Yeah, telling everyone in the city below exactly uh, what uh, he thought of them. Yeah, very true. <laughs> but we get two other boy shows this year. Supposedly, mm. we get the new uh, college show, um, which is similar to 
Teenage Kicks, apparently referencing the name Teenage Kicks, but we're not quite sure, which is the Xavier Academy, X-Men Academy type Mm. one, where it's going to be, they are the superheroes in training in college, coming up in the world. Going to be interesting. Um, I don't know where this will be. (laughs) I don't know where it's going to go, to be honest, but I'm kind of intrigued if they take the concept of the roughest secondary school possible um and put that put them in to that college yeah it could be i think that'd be really funny i think it would really feel um like the boys for sure so it's essentially grange hill no rougher than grange hill (laughs) (laughs) sorry that was a reference radio where uk listeners uh there um (laughs) Yeah, yeah I, no, that's gonna be an interesting one. I'm intrigued by this. It's, it's you know, again from showrunner Eric Kripke, who's done such a good job moving over from Supernatural to, uh, which was his biggest show beforehand, moving over yeah. to, to the boys and, and creating a show that isn't just um, exploding heads in your face every week, which sometimes the comic could could feel like the the boys yes. comic and which can sometimes be just about how we can shock you this week with the storyline yeah. or with the artwork or, or or something like that but we've been saying for each of the series that we cover in the boys we've been kind of surprised about how much heart he's been able to get from the characters and um, sometimes the characters were quite illly defined uh, in the comic books and he's created really good characters around them for the tv show but uh, really interested to see what he does with season three and interesting if he if he's able to carry that on with brand new characters into a separate spin-off or some existing characters from uh, from the boys and pulling them into this into this uh, college spin-off. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how, how it's going to work, but um, but we'll certainly be checking it out and seeing uh, and seeing what comes from it. Uh, another spin-off, as we mentioned, um, as Chris mentioned, there's a third spin-off, which is the diabolical animated show uh, coming from the boys as well. Um, so this is a bunch of, of interesting creators who've been given the task to write episodes based in the universe of the boys and apparently just been told to tell whatever story they want to no reins on them at all so uh, there could be some very interesting stuff coming out of that show yeah it's like star wars visions but in the boys mm. it's gonna be we know we've got seth rogan doing takes apparently like there's some other well-known stand-up comedians kind of john blaney i think is referenced it's either gonna be amazing or it's gonna be hit or miss uh, each and every week. Um, so, I, again, I, I'm interested to see. I trust they, they've earned my trust in the first two seasons now, so I'm interested to see where it goes. Absolutely, absolutely. The boys' expanded universe. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, and, yeah. you know, definitely hope they pull it off, to be honest. Um, we also <laughs> have, um, just to on on Prime Video and and just to keep the the fantasy side going, mm-hmm. there is of course the Wheel of Time season two following yep. on uh, from um, whoop, whoop. Th- this uh, first season that we've just covered, yep. possibly in November twenty twenty two, where we will find or uh, journey with Rand, see where he he gets to, what happens um, at Faldara in the aftermath of the big battle. Mm-hmm. And of course, Prime Video really going fantasy honors because there is, uh, in September 2022, there is the Middle Earth TV show as well. Yeah. Uh, looking at the world of J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, and, uh, back in the early days, I yes. guess. Yeah, absolutely. I've been seeing lots of artwork coming out uh, this week, calling it the Lord of the Rings TV show. 
and it's it's not a remake of the three Lord of the Rings movies. No. This is set in a different time uh, on Middle Earth, but I know they have to make a connection between the two because some people may not make the connection, I suppose. So, um, so I, 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 we don't have a name for the show as of yet. I think it is just uh, just Middle Earth um, and season one due to start from Friday, the 2nd of September, 2022. So it's very likely we'll be going straight from Middle Earth TV show directly into the Wheel of Time. So we are going to be fantasying it right up uh, towards the end of We won't know where one starts and the other ends, oh, to be honest. It'll be yeah. very interesting. There's so much um, that these two um, sort of massive properties yeah. uh, have have in common to some extent, but have, a, 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 you know, uh, have it in different ways uh, and with different evolutions, certainly with um, Wheel of Time being... Um, later shall we say yes. yeah and if you thought we were messing up the names on season one of wheel of time wait till we get <laughs> middle earth going on and then leading into wheel of time it's gonna be it's gonna be fun gonna be well fun. absolutely yes. i mean the interesting thing as well you know we were talking about the adaptation on wheel of time but for me you know peter jackson's adaptation of the lord of the rings books was so good and mm-hmm. um, and you know we were talking recently myself and derek just how you know, the, the character of, say, Tom Bombadil in the Lord of the Rings trilogy takes up so much of the, the books. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, there's large amounts um, on, on him in the books, but isn't in the movies. So I think it'll be interesting to see the adaptation uh, of Lord of the Rings um, for mm-hmm. sure, because I really enjoy fantasy. I, I found Lord of the Rings as books really uh, a struggle for me oh, right. even though i lo- in the end i loved them but i i remember yeah. even just i was i was damaged as a child <laughs> dare i say it and um, because i went from the hobbit which i loved straight into um the the fellowship of the ring and i was just like okay this isn't like the hobbit yeah um, <laughs> and uh, i was quite young uh, it just made me put them away for such a long time, mm-hmm. uh, to be honest. Right now is the one I'm most unsure about and which I'm going to enjoy. I enjoyed The Lord of the Rings. It would not be one of my top series or kind of franchises because it is so epic. And I'm very similar to Mr. Harrison. I read it as a child, and I read The Hobbit as a child, and every now and again I was just like, oh, I forgot who this person is. And let me go check this right. Ream Index. Now, saying this as someone who who's read all 15 books in the real time, <laughs> yeah. like, I know it, it's probably to do with timing and age and things like that. Yeah. Just never, it did not grab me as much as, say, The Wheel of Time grabbed me. Um, and again, that could be the old, old emo kid in me. I'm not going to read the same thing everyone else reads. I'm going to read my own version. <laughs> yeah. Which is the wheel of time. Yeah. Um, which has now become that. The, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, uh, so the wheel weaves as the wheel wills. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, <laughs> but I'm a huge fan of Lord of the Rings. I'm really excited to see uh, what they do in the TV show. I know there's going to be lots of comparisons with Peter Jackson's movies. Yeah. Um, I know they filmed the first season over in, over in New Zealand. They used, um, they tried to use a lot of similar things to evoke what Peter Jackson was doing, but it's not Peter Jackson and it is a TV show. So things like excluding Tom Bombadil, a major character within the Lord of the Rings for time, which is what Peter Jackson had to do, it means they they may not have to do that. Um, 
the Lord of the Rings is a winding epic story, but it is not about battles. It's not about getting to the battle, which is what the movies were about. It was for a, a movie audience. So it will be quite different. It'll be interesting to see how much of the style of Tolkien's writing they'll be taking as opposed to the style of doing a fantasy epic TV show. Yeah. So yeah. that that's one of the things I'm most interested about. And, and it, that's the only thing that would concern me about it because it is going to be different than The Wheel of Time. Um, it, mm. it, it will look different. But after seeing The Wheel of Time, I know that Prime Video can do epic fantasy as well. So uh, so right now, I'm really up on this. I'm really looking forward to seeing what, yeah. Yeah. what, what yeah. comes from the Middle Earth TV show. Speaking of things I'm looking forward to and speaking of things that are coming up that are really exciting, the second season of Good Omens from Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett is coming uh, this year. Whoop, whoop. I cannot wait. So excited for this. Loved season one. Absolutely. Based on the book. Um, yep. This is not in that sense. Yeah, it's not based on a book, but based on a treatment that Terry Pratchett and, and Neil Gaiman put together back uh, back when they were doing Good Omens about what could happen with the characters of Aziraphale and Crowley um, if they continued on uh, together after that story ended. So that's quite interesting. Uh, I love when, uh, when Neil Gaiman was getting criticism for it not being based on a book and he was going, well, the original book wasn't based on a book either. Um, so I <laughs> thought that was good. Uh, I, <laughs> the book didn't exist before I wrote it. So um, th- that makes loads of sense. So I really intrigued. Great to see that cast back together again. I think uh, I think Michael Sheen and David Tennant are so good on screen. Oh, and pretty just, much everything oh, they've yeah. done. But I do think Good Omens is probably the epitome of what the two of them have done together for me. I think it's, it has worked so well. And you see them on everything, on panel shows. You've seen them on uh, doing their own TV show stage, comedy show. They've appeared together so many times over the years now. But Good Omens was such a great uh, first experience of the two of them together, and I'm yes. really glad that they're coming back for a season yeah, two. Yeah, I'm so excited um, for Good Omen season two, yeah. which no, is this... filming now, but it's probably more than likely going to be in 2023. But yeah. you never know uh, how, how it goes. So, yeah, um, yeah Michael Sheen and David Tennant um, are just sublime together in the first season. Yeah. It's funny. It's witty, and um, so I really can't wait uh, for it. You know, the singing nuns or the chattering order of St. Beryl uh, were just um, so, so good uh, as they sort of nursed the um, the devil uh, born uh, into the world uh, in, in the first season of Good Omen. So I really yes. hope that flavor is taken <laughs> through. Um, to be honest, a um, little baby antichrist with his lovely tozy wozies. Yes, yes, yes. exactly. <laughs> but speaking of Neil Gaiman, this year more than likely we are also getting over on Netflix the epic. Speaking of epics, Salmon. Yeah, this is something that I never thought was going to be filmable. Um, no, probably the most. One of the most talked about uh, comic book series of all time, Sandman, is is one that lots of comic fans give to other people if they think they don't like superhero comics. Check out Sandman. Um, it's it's something to to read. It's something to share with other people. Um, I'm shocked it's coming. After listening to the the first two acts of the audio plays, I can see I can envision it in my head how it can be adapted. So 
I'm really hopeful for this. Neil Gaiman's heavily involved, saying all the right things about the people involved at Netflix and what they're doing with the treatment of Sandman. Um, this is confirmed for 2022 right now. Um, it's being called the year of the year of Sandman by all the fans and Neil Gaiman's retweeting that constantly. So it's, it has been confirmed for 2022, uh, that we've seen a little bit of footage of it as well from, uh, from uh, an early trailer back in October of last year, but it's going to be really interesting. Unfortunately, my pet peeve, unfortunately, is on Netflix, so it's all dropping in a day. Um, for such a big, epic show, I wanted to have that thing that we have where you can pour over it every week, like we have with Wheel of Time. Um, but we won't be able to do that with that with with uh, Sandman. We will, uh, we will, of course, discuss it on the podcast and pick it apart, of course, as we always do. But um, it's a bit of a shame that it's all coming out one day over there. But we will still be covering it weekly, definitely. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. But speaking of. Uh, another show again we're talking about shows coming into and getting their finding their feet in their second and third seasons mm. um this year as well uh, we see the return to the umbrella academy excuse me the spiral academy <laughs> yes uh yes season three of umbrella academy is uh confirmed for this year for mm. 2022 um filming has finished it's in post-production um they are now teasing the uh the main accounts are teasing the spiral academy and the, the characters we will meet yep. um and yeah it, it's a it's due we don't know when it's due <laughs> but it is due yeah this is this is likely to come in a first half of the year i think the teasing has has just started uh at the start of january i think it's likely to come in the first half of the year but it's it's been a really weird year for tv i think when we've done this wrap up and, and look forward on, on, uh, on TV in the past, we've had a lot more dates at the start of the year for shows, yes. shows coming up, but it seems like nobody wants to release their schedule for the year just in case anything happens with their post production or with, uh, or with the final filming that they've got going on. So, uh, so it will be interesting, but yes, Umbrella Academy season two particularly was a big surprise for us. A really, really good, uh, second season of that show. Um, after the first season had some really good characters in it, second season was a really good show overall so i'm excited for season three. Oh, me me too definitely um i i can't wait for this dare i say it, slightly more um up for this than the boys season three mm. i i'm really i loved season two i loved season one as well uh there's characters in here that i simply adore and I think have been done so much better than the comics. Um, uh, so don't shoot me, but I just love, <laughs> um, I, I, I love these, these characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, no. I completely agree. I really can't wait for this. I think it's going to be, if rumors are to be believed in the story they are adapting, um, then it is going to be a very, very good show. Excellent, excellent. And I, I know we mentioned on the podcast that Umbrella Academy did get through all of the comic books, and I, I'd agree with John that the show does such a better job with those characters oh, gotcha. uh, overall. So I can't even remember, is there a great storyline they haven't touched on uh, on the show so far? Because I don't think it got to a great storyline. Um, but I'm really excited <laughs> to see uh, whether, whether uh, they'll, Ooh, they'll <laughs> one-up it again on season uh, season three of Umbrella Academy. Excellent stuff. We mentioned already the only other show that we have uh, that we're covering next year. Um, we haven't mentioned so far uh, Pennyworth season three coming out on HBO later this year after the first two seasons are made available. We'll be going back for that. Sure, why not? It's always fun to talk to talk about Alfred Pennyworth in uh, in the DC universe. Speaking of the DC universe, we will also be covering uh, some movies next year. Uh, one massive one that's coming out, uh, The Batman, coming on March 4th. Really, really interested to see what Matt really, Reeves really is going to be bringing yeah. to this universe of The Batman. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see. We talked about not, not a lot of dates 
so far uh, on the TV shows. Mm-hmm. The film schedule is the one I'm very interested to see how that... Saying now the dates that we have versus how that actually fleshes out towards the end of the year. Mm. Um, but obviously, the world being the world we currently live in. We have already seen uh, Morbius slip... Uh, it's a scheduled date uh, into later in the year. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see will Batman, the Batman, uh, which one is very, I'm very interested to see, will that actually land in March? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, I hope so. And I, and I think you mentioned it as well earlier on, Chris, but I was going to just save it for this little bit of discussion. Interestingly, this is the first movie in the DC universe that is getting a tie-in TV show off the back of it as well. The um, Gotham Central coming on the back of it with most of the major cast from the Batman going to make appearances in that show, yeah. which will be uh, very interesting to see. So it's the first time that, that DC have really done this, tying in a TV show to their movies, kind of following the Marvel model, right? Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Technically, uh, we have Peacemaker coming out on January 17th. Very true. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Uh, tie in to yeah. the Suicide Squad. That's correct. Sorry, I, 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 I'm completely incorrect. Chris is totally right. Peacemaker is the first show that ties in, but uh, yeah, the the uh, the Batman being notable for the fact that uh, that it has got that connection to Gotham Central as well. And I guess we'll uh, be yeah. covering Gotham Central. Absolutely. We're going back to Gotham. Uh, anytime you want to bring us back to Gotham, we'll be there. Excellent. Uh, next big MCU movie coming for the year. Um, been moved once already. Hopefully it'll stay where it is, but uh, John... Finally, everything leads to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yes, mom, in in other words. Yes, <laughs> it, 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 mother has landed. Um, I yeah, look, I've said it a million times. Yep. Um, in multiple uh, multiverses, um, which is quite a lot actually, multiple multiverses. Mm-hmm. Um, then yeah, can't wait for this. The one thing I have theory i i've i've uh learnt very recently is that on the the current teaser there is a doctor strange with a ponytail um mm-hmm. and of course because it's been delayed and the action figures haven't been delayed it uh there's there's an uh, another uh, a third doctor strange from the teaser trailer with his ponytail which certainly will be great for the Defenders podcast, uh, for yes. sure. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. If, if yes, rumors will. are to be believed, if yeah. rumors are to be believed, it was um, interesting when John pointed this out the other day that this is a, that this is the room that's going around. I thought it was interesting that the, the poster that Marvel have literally just released for uh, the Multiverse of Madness has three Doctor Strange on the poster with uh, with two Scarlet Witches. So I thought that was quite interesting. Whether they're just playing into that in a little sly way as well it was uh, it was quite fun. But really excited to see Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness kicking off directly after. Um, the events of Spider-Man No Way Home as well. Like it ties directly into that, which is quite interesting uh, to have yes. that, that story continued in there. Uh, two, two other movies coming out this year in the MCU that I actually forgot were coming out this year. Um, for some reason, I thought Black Panther 2 Wakanda Forever was in production, but it was in, for, in production for a much later date, sometime in 2023. But uh, that's aiming to come out on November 11th, 2022. Now, production did stop recently with Letitia Wright um, having an injury reportedly um so th- we don't know whether the production has resumed um as such they were filming around her and filming scenes that didn't contain her um for a while but that seems to have been going on for a bit longer than they expected so i hope they can make that date this year because i am excited to see 
that universe of Wakanda continuing. Definitely. Yes. And there's so much to depend on that because we will have a show uh, based on the Dora Malaysia coming to, to Disney Plus in the future as well. That's already been announced. So a lot of dependency on having that universe coming back uh, into the world of the MCU prior to uh, to that show starting on Disney Plus as well. So uh, one of those wonderful um, MCU things of having to get so many ducks in a row. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So much production De- going on. Definitely. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing Black Panther 2 um, mm-hmm. for sure. And also then there is the the movie that you cannot wait for, Derek, which is Thor, Love and Thunder. I skipped um, twice and forgot to put it on the document when, <laughs> uh, when I was putting together the list of all the things we're covering and then realized that's also it this year. Yeah, July 8, 2022. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm this has potential of yeah. being one of a, a really good one. Yeah. Um, I It has... Valkyrie, it has Jane Foster is returning. Yeah. Natalie Portman as Jane Foster is returning. Um, you have the Guardians of the Galaxies. Exactly. Uh, are going to be in this, effort, uh, probably at least at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You have Christian Bale as potentially the God Killer. Um, uh, yeah, it's the main villain. Yeah. Um, which Christian Bale as a exactly. villain always going to be a good. Be it has huge potential. Mm. Um, it's to be, question about what level of comedy they go for in this where um the mighty thor which was james foster's character there is going to be a question of so she became thor in the comic books um for because she had cancer so i am wondering if they're going to continue that storyline because that is a very it's a very dark storyline to uh, parts of it. Absolutely. It would be um, very so. interesting if Taika Waititi puts any kind of storyline to it at all. Um. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh it's already, gosh. It's already started, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, Derek is on fire with his burns today. You know, it's fascinating. I do love Taika Waititi and a lot of the movies that he's done. I just know that this one will have more influence from him than the last movie did and I'm just not that massively excited for uh, for Thor Love and Thunder. I'm of course going to watch it and we'll talk about it when we get to podcast about it but one that I know we're all excited about and I'm definitely looking forward to this one. Another Spider-Man movie's coming out next year. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1 has been announced for October 7th, 2022. Yes. We all loved Into the Spider-Verse. I know yeah. um, we still probably put it up there as, as one of the best Spider-Man movies. Um, one of, of the best comic book of movies all of, of all time. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe one of the best comic book movies as well. Um, and I know you guys were still kind of battling about whether that's No Way Home now and, and Into the Spider-Verse. Um, recency bias and how great No Way Home is, uh, of course, um, kind of edging it up there as well. But but Into the Spider-Verse was a fantastic um, version of oh, yeah. the Spider-Man Still my favorite. Story. Yeah, yeah it's going to be huge. And Oscar Isaac, who had a cameo at the end of the Into the Spider-Verse, now here, um, basically full on uh, in this ep- in this show. As Spider-Man um, 2099, yeah. Yes, Miguel O'Hara. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. And it's part one of two. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be a an epic of a film. Yeah. Um, so I can't wait to see. Absolutely. Um, so many epics that we'll be covering uh, next year. How are we really going to have is. the time, guys? Uh, that's yes. The, that's the big question. Yeah, just not on epics. <laughs> no, well, no, no, no. Anywhere, it will still be on epics next year, John. I promise. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so what I will say is one honorable mention that I just want to say for our fellow industrialists to have a check for is on Prime Video starting at the end of, uh, I think it's the 28th of January, is uh, The Legend of Vox Machia. Uh, which is an animated version of Critical Role's uh, D&D show. 
Um, it is going to be good. It is just through all those things that we said we're covering, this is one that just we couldn't make happen mm. uh, in terms of the covering for this year. So I uh, strongly recommend everyone check it out as an honourable mention. Uh, yes, The Legend of Vox Machina in the end of January. Interesting. I'll have to have a look at that. I don't know uh, don't know much about Critical Role or uh, or their D&D show, so I'll be interested to see what, uh, what, what comes out of that. Um, I know, yes. I know we've talked about it before. And one of the shows that's outstanding that we haven't talked about at all is uh, is The Witcher, because um, unfortunately, due to our um, recent uh, extended stay in the UK, we've missed our opportunity to fit The Witcher into our podcast coverage um, the way we normally would, which is we recorded in between Christmas and New Year's and released at the start of the year. So we're just trying to find time and see if we we're able, how we're going to be able to cover uh, The Witcher before we start our next schedule of shows. We're hoping that we're going to be able to get back to cover The Witcher, hopefully before the end of this month, guys. Yeah, that is the hope. Yep. It is hopefully. just, it's like a uh, moving dartboard yep. trying to find uh, time and space to both watch co- and then cover. The exactly, show. exactly. One of those shows we were all hoping to binge uh, during that period between Christmas and New Year's and then we lost <laughs> yeah. it and didn't have any internet to uh, to binge on Netflix, unfortunately. But hopefully we'll be able to cover it. Hopefully you've been enjoying The Witcher. If you have, you can send in feedback to us at feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com with any thoughts you have on The Witcher or any of the upcoming shows that we're going to be covering over the year. Hopefully you're going to stay with us for all the shows that we're covering. Um, throughout the year uh, please make sure you join us over on our facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tv podcast industries where we will uh, hopefully give you some advance notice of the shows coming up and what their release dates are uh, as we get them in so you'll know what we're covering on tv podcast industries if you'd like to support the podcast you can of course share the podcast on your socials uh, make sure everybody's listening to us with all the covers that we're going to be doing over the course of uh, of 2022 uh, you can also provide support by um buying us a coffee on buymeacoffee.com slash tvpi if you'd like to support us for a monthly amount you can go over to patreon to patreon.com slash tv podcast industries and you can support us for any amount monthly over there as well yes ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for everyone who does support us right now but if you want to support us in the future it really does mean a lot because we do this in our spare times for the love and the thrill of it but there is still bills to pay Cover, uh, server costs to do websites, etc., etc., etc. But we do really appreciate any and all support you can give. But we do want to give a quick shout out to our current Patreons because you guys are helping us along. So starting at the top, Andrew Davis, Roberta R, Todd Myers, Matthew Murdick, Jeff McMurray, Gene, Lawrence Couser, Anthony Ulster, Alex. Baelish, Victor Von Doom, the one and only Lord of Latvia, Siren School, Mike Scanlon, Kevin Smith, not that Kevin Smith, Off-White Saviour, Heather Wallace, P. Locklear, Skyrocker, William Boggs, Marianne Morris, James Uren, Angie Urhaus, Lisa Sweat, Franca Matavego, Cassandra McIntosh, Jenny V, Alice Bola, Rich, Jessica Batras, Robert, Steve Brown, Amy Fitzgerald, into the Night, The Moon Knight Podcast, Oren Dix, Stuart Campbell, and Claire Payne. And of course, over on Buy Me A Coffee, we want to give a quick shout out to our most recent hot brews, uh, which were provided very kindly by Andrew, Sandy, and Jarvis. Um, Absolutely. All the support uh, from our fellow Buy Me A Coffeeers, as well as our fellow patrons, of course, is really, really appreciated um, throughout 2021 and moving forward, as well as 
everyone who subscribes reviews us rates us sends in their feedback and supports us in any which way uh, you can because of course sharing the podcast is sharing the love uh, and so uh, thank you so much for all that support yes and i've got a quick ask for everyone out there if you are listening to us on spotify or you have spotify they have recently introduced the spotify podcast review system mm-hmm. for podcasts and episodes so if you like us on spotify please run over there and give us a quick review five stars you know that's the way to go because as john says sharing the podcast is sharing the love but also sharing the love is by tapping five stars and saying how great we are (laughs) absolutely thanks so much to all of our wonderful listeners everybody that's joined us throughout 2021 we hope you'll stay with us through 2022 for uh what you can probably tell is a massive schedule for the year and uh, lots of stuff we're looking forward to And we'll be back next week with our wrap-up of Hawkeye Season 1 and our discussion about the Hawkeye Assembled uh, documentary over on Disney+. Plus. Excellent stuff. Yes, I'm going to go get sleep now because I'm not going to get much going through the rest of the Mm -hmm. year. Well, absolutely. Yes, thank you so much, fellow industrialists, for joining us. Remember, keep watching and keep listening. Bye.